where we're going. Wrong. Aha. Gotcha. Yeah. Woo. Ephesians chapter 2. Come on, I'm going to shock you this morning. I hope now the expectation's risen. You weren't ready. I was going to, I was going to go back to my great love chapter uh, last night as I was um, actually was sitting having dinner. I was sitting at the table with Philippa on one side, Ella on the other. And um, Ella's world famous in Kapiti, by the way, apparently. So it's uh, awesome. <laughs> in your age group, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I find it way easier to have conversations, actually, if there's good food around. It's, um, I don't naturally, I'm not a natural talker. <laughs> as, I, as he's standing up preaching. Um, it's really interesting, actually. I, I drive most weeks uh, when, when I play football. So if you don't know, oh, by the way, I'm Lawrence, if you don't know me. Um, and I love football and I love Jesus. Um, not in that particular order. <laughs> and I also love my wife and my kids. And I love this church. And, and, and I love the fact that the presence of God is always in me and he never chooses to leave me. Uh, no matter what I do, no matter where I go, he's always with me and I love that. Um, anyway, so uh, often I get to drive with Brett, we get to go in the car and um, I, I loved going with Brett because both of us aren't big talkers. Um, and so, so often our car rides focus around our football game and not much else. Uh, and we don't talk about you know, and we have these comfortable silences, you know, when you've got good friends and you can sit with them and you can be silent and there's no awkwardness to it. Um, there's nothing worse than those awkward silences. Anyone with me on that? Those awkward silences where you're sitting with someone and you feel like you have to fill the silence because it's just got really awkward. Anyway, sidetrack. Big sidetrack. Anyway, so I love, I love travelling with Brett um, in that. But uh, last night we were talking around this food. That's where I was. Around the food with, with, my, uh, with my, my family and, um, and I just felt God nudge me and say, I want you to leave that First Corinthians 13 and I want you to go to Ephesians. So we're going to go to Ephesians this morning. And we're going to be in chapter 2 and I want to read from verse 4 and you'll love this because the first line is because of his great love for us. Ephesians 2 verse 4, because of his great love for us. God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from ourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance, in advance for us to do. Let's just take a moment, shall we, and turn our heads towards the creator of the universe and pray. Father, I want to thank you that 
you have such great love for us. For every single one of us in this room and every single one of us on this planet, you have incomparable, uncontainable, amazing, reckless love for us. And God, it's because of that that you've done everything that you've done so that we can live free and we can live in liberty and we can live in Christ Jesus. And so Christ, we ask you to come right now by your spirit and speak into each of our hearts. God, your word can change darkness to light. It can change chaos to order. It can bring healing where there's brokenness, when there's hurt. A word from you changes everything. And so, God, we ask that you would speak into each of our hearts this morning. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I wanted to talk about that last uh, last verse. Um, I could talk about a whole bunch in this passage, and Ephesians is a, a, a an amazing book. If you've never read it, I'd encourage you to go and read it and reflect on it and just allow God to speak out of it. But that last one, verse 10, for we are God's workmanship or we are God's handiwork or we are God's craftsmanship. We are his masterpiece. Whichever translation you've got, there's all those kinds of words. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Let's go to Exodus chapter 31. Exodus 31. I'm going, to read, um, I'm going to read three passages, three passages, and then I'm going to preach. And I probably, I'll refer back to those passages, but these are the foundation of what I want to talk about. Exodus chapter 31, and this is God speaking to Moses, um, and I'm going to start in verse 2. And it says there, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood and to engage in all kinds of crafts. And read that again. See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God. This is the first time in Scripture where it references someone being filled with the Spirit of God. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God. And this is before Christ just saying this. With wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of craft. How many of you feel encouraged right now? Being filled with the Spirit of God results in artistic designs, all kinds of crafts. Hmm. Let's go to Psalm chapter 139. Psalm 139, uh, verse 13. Most this is a pretty well-known verse. For you created me in my inmost be- my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. 
My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Psalm 139. So I wanted to, and I, I, was, I was really encouraged this morning in our prayer meeting, and, um, and Glenn just prophetically brought out those words, hope and future. And I was like, yes, thank you, God. That's exactly what we're talking about today. Because what I want I to talk about this morning is the fact that you are God's workmanship. God does not make mistakes. And he does not make errors in how he creates things. You are God's workmanship. And as I read through these passages, the thing that, that strikes me in this is, as I was brought up in a, in a faith that exemplified there are certain characteristics of, of being a Christian that are held up as, as, um, as higher, as more mature, as, as the best or the aim for Christians to be like this, to manifest these things. And what I want to pull out today is that God wants to empower you by His Holy Spirit to be the person He's created you to be. There's this, when one of the laws of, um, well, not one of the, one of the guidelines that they give you when you're interpreting scripture is this idea of law of firsts, the idea of first mentions. And whenever the Jews would read ideas and concepts and they would say, okay, let's go back to when that was first mentioned in scripture because what's true the first time is true every other time. And so for them, when you, when you look at this passage in Exodus 31, and this is the first reference to someone being filled with the Spirit of God, and the outflow of that, that filling of the Spirit of God is one that this guy has wisdom with understanding, knowledge, which are actually all part of the Spirit of God as those things, the sevenfold Spirit. So let's mention those three things. It's a whole nother message. And with all kinds of skills. And then, he go, and then it goes on and it unpacks what those skills are. They're empowered by the Spirit of God. They're created by the Spirit of God in Him. And nowhere does it mention prophecy, healing, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, miracles, uh, faith. I'm just trying to list off all the gifts of the Spirit. Why is that? Because this is the first time it was mentioned. And the most important thing in the world that they were living in those times were these kinds of people who had the ability to be creative and to make things out of, out of solid materials and out of materials that were around. See, today we have machines that do that. Back here, it was, it was this idea that God has built into people this ability to be creative, to make things out of nothing. And it was something that was identified as something that the Spirit of God empowered. And I want to declare today that that has always been true. And because it was the first mention, it was true every other time. When you talk about um, in the New Testament, when people were filled with the Spirit of God, we always talk about the speaking in tongues but, and the prophecy and the word of knowledge. But inbuilt into that was an understanding that filled with the Spirit of God meant they were released in all the creative stuff as well. The reason the New Testament, when it talks about being filled with the Spirit of God, it adds all those other things is because it's adding new revelation to what was always true. 
So they realised that there was more to the Spirit of God and then there was more that they could access in the supernatural realm. But that wasn't negating the fact that God had already empowered people with this creative artistic ability. And that was empowered by the Spirit of God. And so I, I just want to encourage us this morning. You know, I've got um, last night, was, this is probably where this message came from. But last night I was, I was helping my wife hang pictures around her house. She's, been, she's spent, um, so Christmas uh, last year, so that's what, six months ago almost. Um, Ella gave, uh, gave Philippa, as her, her Christmas present was, a whole bunch of picture frames because Philippa's held on to, uh, to artworks that, that Ella, Katie, and Bree have done and some of hers from way back when she was even at high school and stuff like that. And, and so the last four or five months have been this um, labour of love, if you like, for Philippa where she's been getting all of her favourite artworks of our girls and hers, which is a bit of a miracle for her to actually acknowledge some of her artistic ability and pulling that out and putting those into frames. And last night I was getting to hang them on the walls around our living room. Eventually they'll go um, up our stairwell and up the hall up, upstairs. And, you know, one of the things that, that struck me as I'm standing there and as I'm hanging these pictures is I'm going like, you give me a pencil and try to draw something or a paint thing and do something like that, and I don't have any of that ability. I, there's a reason why no one held on to any of my paintings or pictures. <laughs> but I look at what my girls have got and what my wife have got, and I go, this is absolutely incredible, the creative ability that these, these women have, these young women have. And I'll include my wife and the young women. Please tell her I said that. <laughs> this amazing creative ability. And, and for me, I'm, I'm hanging this picture up and I'm looking at it and I'm going, someone drew this with a flipping pencil. With a piece of chalk on, on black paper. They've drawn this rhino. Drawn a tuatara with pencil on paper. They've taken this incredible photograph and it's framed and they're hanging on my wall. And I'm, I'm standing there and I'm going, you know what? This is what it means to be filled by the Spirit of God. And, you know, we were sitting at the table and we were talking about it. And in our dining room, there are two pieces that are Philippa's. Hang on the wall. That's a big thing for someone to let their creative ability be exposed to everyone who walks into a house to look at it. And you know, one of the things that I fully, absolutely believe is one of the things that God has called us as followers of Jesus is to allow him to release not just the speaking in tongues and the prophecy and the word of knowledge, but to allow him to release the creative stuff that's in us. The church has been fantastic at releasing people with music. And historically, we paid people to create artworks for the church. Some of the greatest artworks were commissioned by the church and paid for by the church. Part of the reflection of, you know, the belief was that was the reflection of the glory of God was contained in those artworks. 
And I want to declare today over our church that I believe that God is calling us into a new stage where where the anointing of God is not just for the supernatural spiritual gifts of word of knowledge and stuff like that, because we have people in this room who are creatively gifted. And what I mean by that is I mean you have an ability to think creatively. I don't mean that you can paint pictures and and do photography or there's more to it than that because I believe engineers and architects and builders have creativity as well. But I really believe, and it was interesting um, in our encounter tonight, I got to prophesy over one of our young men because I really believe that God has given him a supernatural ability to problem solve. That he will come up with creative solutions to problems that the world is facing. And he'll, he'll get those not because of his own natural ability, but because he, he already is naturally gifted, but because God is empowering that natural gifting by his Holy Spirit to release something new. And I just want to say to us today, I absolutely believe this Psalm 139, that you were knitted together in your mother's womb and God did not make a mistake in how he wired you. Like I look at those pictures on the wall and I know I'm definitely not wired to do that. But my girls are. And you know, the biggest thing that we can do as a church is to champion each other to be the people that God's called us to be. Sometimes we have valued certain gifts and certain abilities above others. And I want to say that's got to finish. That's got to end within the church. We've got to value people for who they are and who God's created them to be. Because as Ephesians chapter 2 says, because of God's great love for us, it's not conditional. He doesn't say, but only for those who can prophesy or speak in tongues. He says for all of us, because of great loves, God's great love for us. He's set you up. He's placed you in this ability to be in Christ in heavenly realms where you see things with God's eyes because of His Spirit empowering you. And it's when you see things with God's eyes, you begin to get revelation about what is actually possible in God. So when I took, you know, and, and, and it's super important for us to have hope. And I think hope is birthed out of when we actually understand that I have within me the Spirit of God and He is enabling me to to pursue a destiny that He's got for me that was destined for me. Love this verse 10 of Ephesians 2. We were created in Christ Jesus to do good works with which God prepared in advance for us to do. Our destiny is to do the stuff that He's designed us to do. And I know, and I love this, you know, as Sonia stood up this morning and she talks about this running a business and setting up businesses and entrepreneurial stuff. Mate, we need that. And that's creativity at work. That's God's ability to use you to develop something new. The great result out of that is is if you do it well and you work hard and you give yourself to that as part of what God's called you to and your destiny and the way He's wired you, if it's entrepreneurial running businesses, then I fully believe that that business will prosper. It'll require hard work and it'll require prayer and it'll require dedication and all of that stuff. But you know that the Spirit of God is in you, empowering you to do it, then prosperity and success will come out of that. 
And when I measure prosperity and success, I measure that not in getting more wealth. I mean that in, in there's something that's released within you that is content, that is full of joy, that knows you're in the center of what God has for you. And it may be more wealth. Does that make sense? But the challenge for us is that God saved us and He's given us His Spirit to be the most creative people on the planet. Because when I read this, you know, this is, this is um, God speaking in, in Exodus. He's speaking to Moses and He's talking about this idea of, I want you to build this place for me. Moses doesn't get to do it. David doesn't get to do it later in the process. Solomon builds this temple. And it was so amazing that the Queen of Sheba comes to visit, which they've not fully identified. They think potentially it's someone from Ethiopia or someone in Africa was the Queen of Sheba. But anyway, obviously someone of significance in the Near Eastern world at that time. And she comes in and she is absolutely blown away by the creativity of Solomon's kingdom, of what he has built, what the Spirit of God has empowered through people to release on the planet. And I want to say, I believe that that's a definite expression of the kingdom of God at work. And I mean that in whatever you're doing at the moment. Whatever God's placed in your heart, whatever that dream is, that's there. And that doesn't matter whether you're young or old. There are still dreams that God's got in your heart. God wants you to be the most creative, most empowered by His Spirit in that. Because it's a direct outflow of being filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes... And I just want to say, this is the end to classes within church. Of this person's more spiritual than this person. I want to say to you, we are all in Christ together. And part of being in Christ is that we realize that there is no longer male or female, black or white. If you want to say gender is not important, race is not important. What's important is that we are all in Christ together. We are one in Christ. And the Spirit of God empowers us all to be who God has created us to be. So I want to encourage you today, if you leave with anything of inspiration, just the ability to say yes to who you are. You know, it's interesting. I was brought up in a tradition in, in faith where it was all about getting rid of the sin. That was it. That was your challenge. You were to just get rid of the sin because you're a sinner. And I was reading this week and, and just reminded again the number of times in the New Testament where the New Testament writers call followers of Jesus sinners is once. 
there's 60 times where they call them saints. And yet, my tradition was I focused on the one instead of on the 60. And if I know anything, and then I don't know much about brain stuff, is the more that you think about one thing, the more that it multiplies. Is that true? You wonder why Paul says, take every thought captive? To the knowledge of Christ. Is because the truth is you and I are saints. We're righteous, not because, as, as Ephesians 2 says, not because we've done anything super awesome, but because of God's love for us and his mercy that he's shown in Christ. So you're awesome today because of what Jesus has done. So remember that. This week when you're struggling with something and that little voice on your shoulder goes, any other of you have those? You go, yeah, it's all good. Jesus has got me covered. Yep, I need to deal with that. Yep, I need to deal with it, but I'm righteous because of what Jesus has done. So I'm not going to let that thought affect me and detract or distract me from what God has for me, which is to live the fullest of lives, free because Jesus has made me free. Amen. So why don't you just we're gonna we're just gonna pray. And I want to release something over us this morning. Because I believe there are people here this morning um, that you've never said yes to the way that God's designed you because I don't know, because of your experience, your upbringing, whatever things have been spoken over you. And I just believe that today God wants to say yes to who you are because he's created you. He's the one who knows the beginning from the end. Thank you, God. So, Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit would right now just visit with each person in this room, myself included. And, God, you would confirm the truth of what you declare over us, that you created us, you've known us since before we were even thought about by humanity. You've known us and you created us in our mother's womb. You knit us together. And God, I just release the yes of heaven over each life this morning. And I release freedom to each of us to be the people that you've created us to be. God, I break off every chain, every word that's been spoken, every mindset that is developed in our lives that holds us back from being free to be who you've created us to be. And Father, I release your Holy Spirit right now. And I ask you to come again and fill every person in this room with a fresh touch of your Holy Spirit. 
And I thank you that every one of us has a destiny that is ordered by you, that you've created for us to do the good works. And help us to live in that freedom, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.